Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small, powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella, your host for Grief Recovery Now. So grateful beyond measure that you're here with us today. There's no mistake that you're here. So stick with us and um, take what you want and leave the rest. Today's an exciting day. But before I introduce our awesome guest, I just want to talk today about something that happened right before this podcast. I had a friend that died suddenly doing something he really loved. He was going up a mountain in Los Angeles And he was 20 minutes up, went to this beautiful landing place. And he was with his ex-wife, who they became really dear friends. And she said, this is where dreams are made. And they took a picture. Two minutes later, he was dead from a massive heart attack. And I belong to some of you, I'm not sure if you know, but I've been in recovery for 32 years. And I belong to a fellowship that there's thousands and thousands of us and this community in Los Angeles heard the news. And this guy who has had like 35 plus years of sobriety had so much love surrounding him. And people are stunned and they're devastated because he was a man of service. He was a man of love and a man that was respected beyond measure. And the reason why I'm bringing that up today is because of grief and grief recovery, and our experiences with grief. And it was so interesting as an observer and a participant of my own loss of him in the physical and the memories that came up for me, and looking at Facebook and seeing all the memories and the shockness and the stunned people that were just flabbergasted by this loss and their own personal experiences with them. So I got to read in Facebook All these experiences and pictures and all that with all the love they showered on this man. I would say that over 35 years ago, he did not have that kind of love. He had a life of devastation with drugs and alcohol. He lost everything. He was not well-liked in a lot of ways. You know, a lot of people with alcohol and drug addiction, they become liars and thieves and things they normally would not do. This guy, after... 35 plus years of sobriety, cleaned up his life. He had a sense of completion and a sense of resolve in his life. And that's my life mission, is to help people coming from unresolved grief to feelings of resolve in a relationship or a devastating event and a sense from uncompleteness to a sense of completeness. One thing I have in my heart is that I know that guy died sober clean 
and a life that was well-loved and he was respected. So it feels so great to watch everyone and anyone who has lost something or had some devastation, loss of hope, don't come from your heart. A lot of people come from their intellectual. And what I've learned is if we come from our heart and we share with others, there's a myth that we must grieve alone. And what I've learned from this myth is that it doesn't help. I believe that devastation shared is cut in half and grief shared is cut in half and joy is multiplied. So please share. One thing I love about the fellowship that I'm in is that's a peer-to-peer model. It's a peer-to-peer support system. Find your peers. Find a grief recovery place. If you have drug or alcohol problems or something like that, and you need some recovery somehow, you don't know what you're doing, find a group of people that will help you get experience, strength, and hope and give you another perspective on things, not just from your head, but from your heart. So I send my friend off in total love, and I send you all in total love and gratitude that you're here today, no matter what is going on in your life. You are not alone. I am here for you. As I know, our guest, Nicole, would be there for you. So I'm going to introduce our guest, Nicole, who is a dynamo. I love her. I appreciate her. She is snap, crackle, pop in my book. And I just love her. We met at a live video mastery program. And it's a group of people who feel their sense of purpose in life, who believe in using this new medium of live video mastery, using the internet to touch more people, to touch lives in ways that are beyond their wildest dreams. Because we've achieved it. And my guest, Nicole Windley, she's a life coach and host of her dynamic podcast, Believe It, Achieve It, with Nicole Windley. And it is a weekly dose of sparkle to help guide you to living your best life, mind, body, and soul. She is blessed with passion to teach, guide, motivate, encourage, love, inspire, and support others. This is what her gift is to the world, and this is what makes her fearless. The purpose of her life is to be love and give love and do as much as she can for herself and others and enjoy every moment of life. We will have more information on her at the end of this podcast, and she'll talk about what she's doing. And and the reason why I have her on the podcast today and what motivated me to have her on my podcast today, but in our travels together, she has had some devastating losses that she was like a bug on a windshield and worse. And the way she walked through and now lives a life beyond her wildest dreams, I knew I must share this with the world and with our Grief Recovery Now guests. So please help me welcome Nicole Windley. What I know about her is that she is a love and she's a dynamo. And as I said, she's snap, crackle, pop. Come and I, <laughs> I welcome her in your, into your life. Please help me welcome Nicole Windley and welcome Hello. Nicole. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. I have to start off by saying I'm very sorry for your loss and I pray for him, for his family and healing for, for all of those that are involved and for you. So thank you. I'm very excited to be here because as you said, well, you said a few things in that intro and talking about your friend that I was, it was touching me and that is that grief is not to go 
through alone. And I was like, oh, wow. So I tried to go at it alone and it did not work. (laughs) So yes, I have been through the devastation and picked myself up, did the work on my own, clawed my way through it and realized how beautiful and amazing life was. And now I'm I am a certified life success coach and I want to change the world one person at a time and help everyone, help everyone know that there is a beautiful life out there to live. Amazing, beautiful. I never knew. (laughs) Well, that's beautiful. Well, just based on what I know about you and what I think our focus is today is like what it was like. What's that snapshot of what it was like what happened, which was very dynamic, and what it's like now? You know, I have lost grandparents. I've lost friends. I've had loss in my life, you know, pets. I've had multiple step parents. So the loss of a parent, a loss not through death, but through a divorce. So again, a loss. And I fell in love at 23 years old and had a, a beautiful, rocky, crazy, wonderful relationship with a man for, gosh, we were together 15 years. Um, and on a random Tuesday afternoon, he was shot and killed in his front yard by a neighbor, a neighbor that was disgruntled, I guess we could say. So yeah, it was my whole entire world changed at 2.30 February the 9th, nine years ago. So (laughs) that is, can you tell us about what was like to get that phone call? What was the emotional, what was happening? I'll tell you, I'll tell you exactly what happened. So he had been on a a work trip and the night before he was going to come to my house and I wasn't feeling good. So I went to bed whatever the case may be. So he didn't come over and I was like, ah, no big deal. We've been together 15 years. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal. And so I called him the next day. He didn't answer. And I was like, "Hmm, that's weird, whatever, but I'll talk to him. You know what I mean? Like you just go on about your, your day. And I came home that afternoon and I was going to give my dog a bath and just, you know, I just got home from the gym, whatever. And I opened up my laptop and back then when you would, when, you would get like the the Comcast news page would come up, right? And there was a shooting in the little beach town that I live in. It was like a big news alert. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Surprised I didn't hear from Mike because he was a retired firefighter. And anytime there was anything, a thunderstorm coming, you know, break it, whatever it is, you know, because he would be at the station for 24 hours. He would call me immediately. Where are you? What are you doing? Be safe, you know, get home, hunker down. And I didn't hear from him. And I was like, that's really, really, really weird. So I called him and he, his phone went to voicemail and I was like, oh, that's really weird. We know, we know, I knew, I knew. And so I called a mutual friend of ours. We live in a small beach community. And again, he was a retired fireman. So we had a lot of firefighter and police friends. So I called a mutual friend of ours who was a police officer. And he answered right away. He was standing over Mike's body and I did not realize it. So he answered right away and he was like, hey. And I was like, what the heck's going on over there at the beach? (laughs) 
I said, I mean, truth be told, so Mike was a twin. <laughs> I said, did those McHugh boys shoot someone? <laughs> As a joke. I literally was joking about it. And he said, he thought I was calling because I knew. And he goes, you didn't hear? And I, it just like all just happened, you know, it just happened. And um, I said, no, I don't know. And he said to me, it's not good, were his words to me. And it's not good. I knew exactly. I knew. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, Mike has been shot. And I was, of course, I go into complete shock at that point. And I thought, I have to get changed and get to the hospital. People get shot, right? They get shot all the time. People live from a gunshot. And Mike was this, you know, uh, he was a fighter. He was, you know, nothing would get him down. He always took care of everything. He took care of everyone. He was a very tough guy. And I was like, I got to get to the hospital. Got to get to the hospital. And I had just got home from the gym, so I was a wreck. I don't know why. Why was I caring what I looked like, right? But I, I was walking up the stairs to get ready to go to the hospital, whatever you want to say. And there was a knock at my door. And I knew that he was dead. Who came um, to the door? Our friend, the police officer, sent a family member over because they knew I would, you know, I mean, I'm getting ready to get the most devastating news you could ever receive, right? And so it was a mutual friend of ours. And yeah, he died. I then called the police officer back and, you know, because you got you still know, but you still want to know, you know what I mean? you got to like confirm it, I guess. I don't know. And it's just, Charlene, it's just like in the movies. It's just like in the movies. It's just like in all the TV shows and everything we watch and see. I collapsed on the floor. I'm dry heaving. I'm hysterical. I don't even know what's happening in my life. You know what I mean? You're just like, it's an outer body experience. It's unlike anything you can imagine feeling. And I hope to God that nobody ever has to, to go through a shock. You know, we lose, you know, like losing my grandmother. You know, like, you, you know, you have a warning. You know, she's old. You know it's happening, but. And you didn't give a chance to say goodbye. No. And I know that's part of the unresolved sometimes. Yeah. Of the, and the incompleteness of grief that we need to acknowledge. And I'm sure a lot of that came later or all simultaneously, especially at the beginning, you know, some of the losses. Well, my house was like a revolving door at the time. All of a sudden people just started swarming into my home. Just my home was full of people. And my phone was ringing like crazy. It was then, you know, announced on the news. And again, we live in a very small town. He actually died in the driveway of the home he was born in. So he had ended up buying his home from his parents. So they had been around our town for a long time, since the 60s, maybe even the 50s when his family moved there. And, you know, then uh, I don't even, you know, I am, I don't even know, honestly, Charlene, I don't even know what happened for the next week of my, honestly. The news came in and then the reality sets in. And then I'm hearing helicopters. Um, and, uh, I'm hearing helicopters that are searching for his killer. So you're like, oh my God, those are out there looking for the person that just shot the love of my life. It was bizarre. It was, it, it's like a movie. When I think about it now, it's like a movie. Because all, you know, that stuff happens in movies. It doesn't happen in real life, right. you know? And then the next step, after you 
through all of this, the reality of this devastating loss of your love and lots of other losses that ripple through. And then what happened? What was your life after everything's gone, the people in your house? Can you talk about your life after like things died down? You told me a very significant what your life, the snapshot of your life at that time, what it looked like. Yeah, it was. Fortunately, when someone is murdered, it's just the beginning because you have to then go through a trial. It's then plastered on the news every day. It was on the news a lot in the beginning. Again, it's a small town, so it was news story. You know, they had, we have a small beach newspaper and they, I can't even believe it. They snapped a picture of him laying in his driveway dead and they posted it on the front page of the paper. And everyone's calling me and saying, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. Well, of course I have to look. You know what I mean? I'm still traumatized by that photograph. Yes. Nobody was there. He was alone. So no one was there. Now we have a murderer on the loose that was, didn't, he wasn't caught for weeks. He was caught in Yuma, Arizona by Border Patrol. He was trying to flee to Mexico. So then you have that. So you've got that now. And then, you know, I've never, I've never been to court. I've never gone through anything like this. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. So not only are you grieving, you're in a state of shock, shock and awe. You know, you're, you're packing up his home. And then you had a memorial. Mm -hmm. And then you have that space. It's sort of like this, some kind of closure. Except you had a prolonged trial. We had a, a murder trial that lasted for three years. During that three years, I went to every pre-trial. I was going to be there. I went with his, with his siblings and his mom, if she could make it. We all went. 58 times I went to court in three years. And then I sat through a week-long murder trial. What you go through in that, <laughs> the system is hard. It's very hard because you're just a number. You know, you don't get to pick your attorney. You get the state's attorney who was ever on call that day. They don't tell you anything. You know, you're going to court looking at the person that killed your loved one 58 times. Preparing yourself, I would prepare myself for the trial. You know, I would, I would speak to my therapist. We would go and sit at the state's attorney's office and they would go over, you know, what was going to happen in the trial. And then the morning of, if... If he, the murderer, didn't feel like going or didn't take his medication, then the trial was postponed. Mm. And then it would be like another six months and you're like, is it? <laughs> so you heal and then it's back and then you heal and it's back and you heal and it's back. So during those three years, I will tell you the first two years, I don't even remember. I was in a deep, dark depression that I hid from everyone. I hid from my family members. I hid from everyone. Most of my friends, I will tell you, withdrew. So they really weren't my friends. I didn't really have anybody there that wanted to deal with the crazy girl whose boyfriend was murdered. So I, I suffered. I would scream all night long, walk my halls by myself at night and scream and cry and, and pray to God that I wouldn't wake up. I just don't want to wake up. I just don't want to wake up. I just don't want to wake up. And so one night I was Google searching whatever we did back then, right? therapist because I was like I gotta I gotta do something you know I withdrew from my family I withdrew from everyone 
And I found a therapist and I called and left a message because it was in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, I guess I was probably thinking, I won't hear from them, right? Mm-hmm. And so she did. She called me back, got an appointment like within a few days. And I went into her office and and she said to me, and my therapist is, is my dear friend now. She said to me, Nicole, a really, I'll be blunt. She said, a really shitty thing has happened to you. And I was like, oh, right. And she said, but I'm going to teach you how to learn to live with that shitty thing that happened to you. You're not going to get over it. It's not going to go away. All that stuff that people want to say to you. She didn't say to me. She said she was going to teach me how to live. And that's what I started doing. You know, the doctors just want to throw medication at you. And I'm a daughter of an alcoholic parent. And my brother, I have an older brother, and he kind of struggled with some drug and alcohol issues. So that was something I didn't want to do. I was like, I'm not... I'm not going to be dependent on a, on a pill. And Charlene, I made the decision to go through it. I went through the ring of fire. You have to go through the ring of fire. You have to heal. And it's hard. And it, I got burned and it sucked. And I clawed and I cried and I screamed and I did it all. But when I came out of the other side, it was the most beautiful life I could have ever imagined. You didn't leave your house for a while. Where did you sort of aggravate? Well, I'm telling you for like two years, I used the term agoraphobic. I don't want to, I use it slightly, but like I would even leave my neighborhood to go to the store or whatever the case may be. And I would just immediately get a stomachache, sweaty, sick. You know, I just wanted to be in my home. And yeah, it was bad. It was bad. There were days where I would be like, Paul, it's time to get your ass up and shower. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so um, what happened then? I know you had the therapist and then you had this churning point. You had an opportunity. Something came up. Wanted to go, didn't want to go. Wanted to go, didn't want to go. You know, it was just a blank page. Uncertainty was abound in your life. Can you talk about that turning point? Yeah, because again, I didn't like to leave. I didn't so much less travel. You know, I didn't really have fears and anxieties and panic attacks and all of this stuff before his death. And, you know, he was my protector. I now had no one to protect me. And I... <laughs> Got the opportunity to go to my first Tony Robbins event in Los Angeles. I live now, in Florida. How did you find out about that? The universe gives us messages. Or did you see it online or something? No, I was actually at a uh, party with some close friends. And I was talking to this couple, a friend of mine, and they were a boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. And she was just starting a business. And I really just admired her. And I knew she was a good person. And she was telling me about this event she had gone to. And Tony Robbins, and what, you know, what do you know? You saw him in Shallow How, you know? And, and Tony and, Robbins is a success coach. He's trained. I know I've done a lot of his work, but he is a teacher. He's not a coach. He's a teacher. And he helps people all over the world to be the best that they can be. Like beyond the best that you can think you can be even. So just to introduce him a little bit to the yeah, audience. Yeah, yeah. So... She was talking to me about this event and she was saying how it lasts like 12 hours and you walk across fire and you're hugging people and laughing and all this stuff. And I'm like, that sounds crazy. It's the power within, right? Yes, it is. Unleash the power within. And so I went home and I was like, you know, she planted the seed. So I had the seed planted. And 
I was that girl that was against any kind of group. If anyone said, oh, you need to do this group or that group or join this. I was like, group? Smoke. I can do this on my own, right? I'm the solo girl. I can do this on my own. And now that's all I ever want to do is be in groups. You got a group? <laughs> you know, I'm in. So I, you know, had it swirling around in my mind and I watched, he has a documentary on Netflix called I'm Not Your Guru. And I watched that and I was like, wow, this is really something. But I still was like, oh, but maybe I'll go try it out. So I logged on my computer, tried to get tickets. It was sold out. And I was like, what do you mean sold out? Nothing's sold out, right? And the next availability was like a year from now. And I was like, well, I can't wait a year. I want to go now. I want to go now. I just needed to go now. And so a few phone calls later, you meet someone, you know, I am, my father actually was like, hey, I know somebody who's involved. See if he can get you some tickets. Lo and behold, I get two tickets and the event's like in a week. So I fly to Los Angeles. I go to this event. No idea what to expect. There's 15,000 people there. And you're in it and it's like, I was about six hours in and I was starting to have anxiety and panic that, oh my God, I'm in Los Angeles. Oh my God, I'm in a room with 15,000 people. Oh my God, I have 10 more hours to go. Oh my God, I'm going to walk across fire. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go home. (laughs) And I had one of his crew members stop and ask me if I was okay. And I said, no, I'm not okay. And I had a full breakdown to a complete stranger. And he, the gist of it is he pretty much said, you're either in it or you're not in it. He turned me around and he said, that's Tony freaking Robbins down there. You're either play full out or you go home. And I was like, oh, I met some amazing people. I turned around, I played full out and my life has never been the same since. What do you think it was that, that helped turn you around? You know, it's, honestly, to me, it was the firewalk. So his firewalk is... It's not about walking across fire. It's about leaving all your limiting beliefs and all your fears behind and stepping through into your new life. Yeah, I remember when I walked through fire a couple of times with him and it took a day. I did the second one in Hawaii where it was a longer stretch of hot coals and he takes a long time. It's not like, okay, go ahead, walk through the fire. He puts you through this mental beyond the physical type of, I don't know, it's not a trance or anything. What would you call it that sort of gets you prepared? Yeah. You don't know how powerful uh, you are until, but you have to get that. He's priming you. He's getting you ready for, um, you know, you dig deep. You dig deep. You get real deep in his events. And unlike you ever can imagine, really. And I really wanted to live a full life. And I wanted to be able to do things and not live in fear. Fear was holding me back. I say I lived my life in fear, anger, and depression for years. You know, going through the loss of Mike and the healing brought up so much other things that I had to get through in life that I didn't realize. We stack them all down, right? We don't deal with our problems, our grief, our loss, whatever. We don't deal with it. And so I was dealing with those things and, uh, you know, walking across that fire and stepping into my new life, I will never go back. I live now in, in grace, gratitude, and love. I literally wake up with a smile on my face every day, every single day. And this is the girl that I hated living, you know? I wouldn't say I was suicidal, but I didn't like living. I hated, you know, everybody made me mad. I would get mad in traffic. I would get mad, you know, just always negative you know, the pessimist. 
And, you know, Charlene, I will never, ever, I have the tools, I have the skills. I work on my emotional fitness every single day of my life. And I chose to live a beautiful life. And I certainly do. I see that. And also with all, you know, while Tony Robbins is the leader, the teacher, when you were there, how was it with the other people? How did, you know, like your peers, how did that help support you in this recovery time? A lot of those people I met are some of my best friends. That's kind of how I met you was the reason one I met at a Tony event. And it just all comes full circle. Life happens for you. It's one of Tony Robbins quotes. I will quote Tony Robbins. Life happens for you, not to you. And I heard it and heard it and heard it. And I went back to several events after that. I now crew for him, which is a volunteer uh, member and support others now. And it was like the light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my gosh, when you live in the present, you don't live in the past. You don't live for tomorrow. You live in the present and you're aware and you pay attention and you live in gratitude. Life happens for you, not to you all day long, every day. You know, uh, your emotional state, how did you master your emotions? And I'm not saying master control them. How do you like, uh, our soul show is almost done. So I'd like to talk about like your, I say that that I have no bad days and I have not had a bad day in four years. Yeah. We may have bad moments, right? Never a bad day. Right. It's how you react to it. Shit happens. Life happens. You know, I was just saying to you how I lost a friend of mine last week. Um, you know, and life, just life happens, you know, financial, boyfriend, you know, family, it all happens. It still continues to happen, but it's how I choose to react to what's happening to me. I like to say that, you know, God gave us emotions for a reason. So we, we use them. So when it's time to cry, you have to cry. So when it's time to dance, you can dance. Perfect. And did you ever get into meditation? Did you do any writing? Because I know there's a lot. I remember one thing I did when I was at a Tony Robbins event. We had sort of look at sort of character defects or shortcomings we had. And it could be something that doesn't serve me. I'm complaining about something. And I remember he used to make us, okay, I want you to complain about something, but do it in a Minnie Mouse voice. (laughs) Yeah, change your thinking, change your life. Thoughts become things, choose the good one. And it's not being Pollyanna-ish and putting um, smiley faces all over the place. It's like dealing with life on life's terms. Now, you had to live life on life's terms. And finally, yeah. it gets, you, you could have, you know, it was a crossroads. So tell us what it's like today. And I know you do your live video mastery every day. Does that give you a sense of purpose every day? Like to get up and do this. Talk about your day, day to day. After going to yes, and I'll, I'll do it as short as I can. I love to talk, as you know, and I'm a life coach, so <laughs> I can talk forever. So my look, I was the girl that the alarm went off, and you're like, "Oh, are you kidding me? It's another day." I wake up now, and I'm like, "Oh!" I turn around to my little dog, and I say, "Good morning," and I'm like, "Let's go make it an awesome day." And I smile and I'm thankful. And I now have cut out using my phone, but my morning routine is huge. And again, this is the girl that had no routine in my life. I never had goals. I never had a routine. I was just, I was still living a flatline life. So my morning routine is hugely important to me. So A, I leave the phone down. Anytime I picked up the phone, even when I'm like, oh, let me check. And I get involved in a text or I get involved in an email or I get involved in a phone call before I am primed and ready for the day, it throws my day off. 
So I actually, I turn my music on. I have my music playing. I take my dog for a walk and I connect with the earth. I feel the sun on my face. I smile. I put my shoulders back and, and I walk with my dog. Right? He needs my time. He needs my attention. So many people are on their phone and they're jerking their dog and not paying attention. But, and I let him guide me wherever we want to go. 20 minutes, an hour, we're just going to do it. And I say hello to people that I pass and smile. And to have someone else smile is amazing, right? It's my favorite thing in the world to do is to have another, a stranger smile. And did you bring a day where you didn't want to smile, but smiled anyway? Do I have a day when I don't want to smile? Do I have a day when you don't want to smile? Or well, I have moments. I have moments. Yes. But, and I say it, I, this is one of my coaching things that I say. And I learned a lot from one of my mentors, Joseph McClendon is big on this. And it's, he sets his alarm on his phone to remind him to smile and to breathe. So I just say to people like, and you're in the car, you're having road rage, whatever. There's no need for it. Life happens for you, right? There's a reason why you caught that light. There's a reason why there was, you know, a fender bender up ahead of you. So I just say, everyone, just sit up in your car, put your shoulders back, breathe, and smile. Changes your whole state. Changes your whole state. Changes your whole state. And your physiology makes a big difference. Get up, breathe, and smile. Simple, simple, simple things that can change your entire state in a second. In a second. How about the end of the day? So I do a priming. I do a Tony Robbins priming. I learned from him. I have not, you can look it up on YouTube. It's out there. Tony Robbins priming. Priming, P-R-I-M-I-N-G. Yes, it is a breathing, short breathing technique you do. Then it's a meditation that you go into. And then it's like setting your intentions and your goals. It's incantations for him. So I kind of have formed my own priming that I do. So it's my meditation, prayer, getting ready for the day, setting my intentions routine that I do every day. And then as you know, because you're part of my Facebook group, Believe It, Achieve It, which is my podcast, Believe It, Achieve It, I usually go live every day in my group. And I never know, I never have anything planned. It is just what I'm feeling that day. And it's after I've already primed. It's already after I've set my intentions for the day. And then I go on live and I love it. It It's everything to me. I truly love my group. I truly love, and I want to see everyone succeed. And I want to, I just, and to get the feedback that I get, from this group is everything to me. It's fuel for my soul. And it all started. I'm not sure when you started your Facebook live video every day, but I remember we started around the COVID, you know, we met before, right before the COVID and then COVID-19 hit. And I remember through the time you were so authentic. And I want to talk about people with your authenticity. People may not have your personality right now of snap, crackle, pop, doesn't mean that you don't have your own special Snapple Crackle Pop. It could be a beautiful bubble sound or something like that. I don't know what yours is, but please don't compare and then despair because you have your own special gift in life. And as you start clearing the way to the real you, authentic you, more beauty will shine than you know of and you're going to love it. And one thing I love about you is I remember that during the COVID, like no one could get their hair done and you would show up with your roots. Here's my yeah. And I love that because you're so authentic, exactly where you were. You would come with makeup, no makeup, whatever it was. But it's like, 
you choose. Thoughts become things, choose the good one. Your authentic self is perfectly beautiful. And I really like that. And I think maybe that's one thing we can leave with our people today because we're ending now. And that- I do walk my talk and I stand firm to walk in my talk. If I talk it, I'm walking it. And if I can just, I just feel like I need to say this, but you know, Mike's death helped me become who I am today. I know, obviously, he didn't die so that I could live a beautiful life. I know he wasn't like, hey, I'll I'll take this one, you know. But it made me who I am today. And I am today here to help anyone who's suffering in any way to live truly your best life. Life is too short. And it's exactly what we dare to make it. And I dare to make mine beautiful. And I will help anyone that wants to live a beautiful life. That's beautiful. And what was great before we came on today, you talked about a show. You were watching Grey's Anatomy. And you and Mike watched the Grey's Anatomy, that particular episode together. And then years later, you're watching it last night. And you had some tears. You had some emotions from that. Mm -hmm. Perfectly fine to have emotions through it. You're not going to be, it's an ongoing process for recovery. And the grieving crying doesn't mean that you're in despair. You are in memory. You are in fondness. You're in whatever your experience is. And Nicole, I love that you are on today. You got to share this experience, strength, and hope with us today. And your grieving process and where you are today. I know that you have helped a lot of people today. And it was great to get to know you even more and... Thank you. And don't give up and reach out for help. Grab the hand, grab Charlene's hand, get the help. I promise you, I promise you, if you do the work, there's an amazing, beautiful life out there to live. Yeah. An unprecedented life that you would never have imagined. <laughs> and it takes small, powerful, and courageous steps. Encourage, there's always vulnerability with that. And I love, Nicole, that you shared yours in the, during that devastating time and life-changing time. You are forever changed from it. You came out of this more expanded, more beautiful, and with a sense of purpose. And I can feel it. And anyone, please, will have information about Nicole and her coaching practice, her podcast, which is dynamic and fun, and she has great guests. And so, Nicole, I want to thank you so much. For being Thank on the you, show. Charlene. And I'm, I'm blessed to have crossed paths with you and have you in my life and in my corner and in my tribe. So thank you. Always. And you never know who you're going to meet in this world. Just open it up and we're here for you. We thank you so much. We are on all the podcast platforms. And again, there's all kinds of information we'll have on Nicole, how you could reach her and all that if you'd like. And my own personal information. We don't have sponsors I come here so I can spread the word and I can do things on Zoom and one-on-ones and in group. Today, I want to take it nationally and internationally. It's needed with the COVID. I don't want to forget about that. And Black Lives Matter, not that I'm Black or African-American, but I support what's going on today. LGBT, the Me Too movement. There's a lot of stuff going on and it's coming to the surface. So let's all support each other and peace, and love, and understanding, and compassion, and empathy, and love yourself through what you're going through, you're going to be able to live in a world in harmony, and that's our goal today. Let's live in harmony, and thank you, everybody, for joining. We'll see you next week. 
Peace. Make it an awesome day. I got to leave with that. <laughs> okay, you must. Believe it and achieve it. Woo! Thank you, Shirley. You're welcome. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts. And we'll keep you posted on our next podcast. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now. And if you are in need of any personal attention, please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash GRMS forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.